Glad you've joined us for another Textonation interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and in this edition, Microsoft Mesh, a new mixed reality platform that allows people in different physical locations to collaborate and share holographic experiences. With us is Microsoft Director of Mixed Reality, Greg Sullivan. Thanks for taking the time, Greg. Great to chat with you again. My pleasure, Fred. Great to talk to you. Well, I guess I could say you've really made a mesh, but, but that would be a bad joke. <laughs> Give us the overview of what this is all about. Yeah, you bet. Mesh, it's, it's, it's a mixed reality platform that is going to enable these new collaborative, immersive experience. It'll enable us to feel like we are physically somewhere where we're not. So for example, right now, I don't, Fred, I'm in, I'm in the Seattle area uh, in Washington state uh, and you are not. And we're having a conversation uh, over, the, over the internet and, and, and we can hear each other and interact. But what we can't do is, is like walk around a table and examine the layout of our, uh, of our new uh, home that we're building or the new um, product that we want to launch. And we don't really have the ability to, to be together, to, to have it feel more like we're actually sitting in the same room. And that's what Mesh will do. It'll enable these immersive collaborative experiences so that you and I can can collaborate. We could work on a design. We could iterate over a, a, a product model. Um, and we could do it as if we were sitting in the same room together. And this is, as you mentioned, done uh, holographically, which means we're basically creating three-dimensional digital objects, holograms, and we're creating a, a virtual space where you and I can be present together and interact with those holograms, just like we were physically in the same room. Well, it's the stuff of sci-fi, and some of this kind of thing has been done with, with concerts and such, but there's a difference here, right, from, in what you're doing. Yeah, I think one, one of the things that we're really excited about with, with Mesh is, is this is a platform that will, will be application, essentially, to participate in this immersive collaborative experience. What I mean by that is, is you'll be able to write an application for either a, you know, if you have a HoloLens, which is a, a mixed reality headset that Microsoft makes, or one of these immersive virtual, rea virtual reality headsets, a VR headset, um, something like Oculus or, or one of the Windows mixed reality headsets, or on a PC, or even on a, on a smartphone, you'll be able to experience this collaboration in uh, in the mesh or in, in immersive, um, regardless of the device that you're on. And so developers can write an application for any of those devices and you and I could collaborate. Now, it is true that if, if you're wearing a HoloLens, you have this more immersive experience because you can see three-dimensional objects. That is a device that projects holographic images in your real world. And you can walk around them as if they had volume and, and depth and everything. Now, if you're looking at, a, at something through a, a smartphone, for example, you don't see the same immersion. You, you're looking at it and you can see that there's three dimensionality. Just like if you were playing Pokemon Go today, you look through your phone screen and you see a digital object appearing. Look, there's Pikachu. Um, and you can walk around Pikachu with your phone and he looks like he's real and has depth. So you get some semblance of that immersion, but you're not truly immersed in it. You're kind of holding up your phone. That 
is a key part of, of what Mesh does is it enables these experiences to feel like we're interacting together in the same physical space with the same three-dimensional objects. And it works whether I'm on a, an immersive headset or on a PC or a Mac or on a smartphone. Now, there's a difference in the experience. If, you're, if you have one of these immersive headsets, you'll feel more immersed in that environment. But it was important for us to make Mesh have the ability for developers to target all of those different devices, because not everybody has an immersive headset. Um, but a lot of us have a, you know, a, a Mac or a PC or a tablet or a smartphone in our pocket. And so being able to participate in this new immersive collaboration from any device is a key part of, of what, uh, what our goals were with Mesh. What about the hardware that it takes to create this immersive holographic environment? Yes. The, the creation of these environments is really done in software. That's the beautiful thing about our, uh, the, the digital world that, uh, that we're kind of merging with the real world is that I can create virtual spaces where we can go meet. And again, we can meet on whatever device we happen to, to be using. And the creation of those spaces is done in, um, you know, we use some of the same three-dimensional uh, software development tools that gamers have used. And we do this with HoloLens today, for example. Um, our, many of the programs that run on Microsoft HoloLens um, are written using the same tools that a lot of video games are, are written with. Things like the Unity uh, 3D engine. So for example, uh, the same tools that developers have built to, to make video games really immersive and have great 3D graphics, those tools are what we're using essentially. We're starting with that foundation to build immersive three-dimensional experiences in mixed reality. So you don't really need special hardware to create those environments. Those you are don't need that, the uh, cameras at every angle to create these, to create these uh, holographic the, images? Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things. Now, if you do, you're touching on something here. One, let me back up a little bit. What, what Mesh does is it really enables a, a few things. It enables, as I said, this sense of presence where it feels like we're in the same room, even though we're hundreds or thousands of miles apart. And part of what is important there is, is how, how does that represent me? How do I have agency in this virtual world? What do I look like to you? And what do you look like to me? Well, if I'm just wearing a headset, like a HoloLens, um, I'll show up as an avatar, like an alt space avatar, and I'll be able to interact and you'll see my hands move and you'll see me move in that virtual space, but I'll kind of look like a cartoon or a little avatar representation of myself. Now, you, you pointed out this array of cameras encircling me and what that refers to is, is a different way that I can show up in this virtual space. If I happen to have a whole bunch of cameras in my office here surrounding me, I could teleport or, or holoport, as we say. We could do this holoportation where I send a high definition captured volumetric image. It's not just a video of me from one side. It's a fully volume captured, capturing me as a 3D object and sending that over uh, the wire to collaborate with you. And in that case, I wouldn't look like a avatar. I would look like I look in real life. 
Now, that range of agency, your ability to show up in mesh, is all dependent on the hardware that you have and the sensors that you're using to capture yourself and to, um, and to transmit yourself. And in this case, most of the time, most of us don't live in a world where we're surrounded by a, a ring of, of high definition cameras. If you happen to live surrounded by three definition or three sixty degree high def cameras, then you can hollow port with mesh uh, all the time. The reality is is that most of the times we're going to be uh, in a place where we're not surrounded by three hundred sixty degree high def cameras, and so we just use the sensors on the device that we're using to represent us. Now Hololens has positional tracking and environmental cameras and um, you know inertial motion sensors and all kinds of sensors in the device. It's not a 360 array camera looking at you and capturing how you really look, but those sensors in the headset know when you move around your room. In HoloLens, they actually are, are looking at your hands and can see how your hands move. So the avatar that shows up in this virtual space will move its hands exactly like you move your hands because the sensors in the HoloLens enable us to do that. If you're in a VR headset and you go to this virtual space, you don't have that fully articulated hand tracking necessarily. You might have a headset where you're using controllers, in which case your hands are kind of represented in a little more simplified way. But regardless of where you live on this continuum, whether you're a super simple kind of uh, avatar representation or a fully rendered kind of holographic captured version of yourself that looks really like you, um, that whole range of kind of agency is what mesh enables. And so it really is dependent on the sensors of the device that you're using to be able to transmit a higher fidelity version of yourself. But it doesn't require it. In the same way that mesh doesn't require you to have a immersive headset to experience this collaboration, it doesn't require you to have all those fancy sensors um, to participate. Now, I know they are many, but give me an idea of some of the applications you en envision for this. Yeah, we see any, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll start with kind of a generalized uh, approach, and then I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Anytime where people get together in the same space and, and interact with physical objects. So you can imagine uh, you know, one of my favorite examples, because we've, we've seen this with customers, we work with architectural and engineering and construction firms, which is one uh, industry where mixed reality really is, is taking off because of, uh, because of you know, some of these, these same reasons. Today, or, or historically, if, if I hired an architect to build our new, you know, our new town hall, um, they, could, they would build what's called a maquette, this model, a foam board model of, of the construction project. And they would bring it to our office and we could stand around the table and we could look and they say, here's, you know, here's the clock tower is going to be six stories high. And here's the, the park over here. And we'd look at that and we could make changes. We could say, you know, I really think that the, uh, uh, the outdoor gazebo should be 30 yards this way, or the sidewalk should go over there. And then what happened historically was the, the architect would go back to their drawing board and they would make the changes and they would build a new model and it would cost a, a lot of time. Part of what the digital revolution is enabling us to do is, is these real time changes to, uh, to things, to objects that are digital. 
So today in Mesh, now we could have that same meeting and we could stand around a table, but we wouldn't have to be in the same room. I could still be here in the Seattle area. You know, you could be across the country. We could be anywhere. And we could look at a digital version of that town hall. And instead of saying, boy, I really think the clock tower should be six stories and the gazebo should be over there. We would literally just reach out and grab the digital object and make those changes immediately and say, that's, that looks better. So instead of going back to the drawing board and recreating another model and, and rescheduling a meeting for later when that was done, we can be really nimble and we can use the digital revolution and the benefits of these technologies to make decisions quicker, uh, to get to the place where we wanna be um, much more efficiently. And so whether you're the architect designing that town hall or you're a, a, a new employee being trained how to, how to complicate a device or install or repair or maintain some piece of equipment, this idea of being able to interact around a three-dimensional object together is something that humans do all of the time. And now what we're saying is you no longer actually have to be in the same room to do that. Really interesting. So if we transport ourselves, I don't know, five years down the road, what do you think this is looking like, the communication that uh, you're enabling? Yeah, I think in some respects, this is a little bit like, uh, I, I liken it to the development of the laser beam. You know, humans, humans invented, or some would say discovered the laser beam, and then couldn't really figure out what to do with it, but they knew it would have all kinds of applications. And of course it took us a while to figure that out. And now laser beams are used in our CD players and uh, uh, you know, in all kinds of ways in, our, in our, our car to keep our cars from crashing into each other. There's a whole myriad way uh, laser beams are used that we didn't anticipate when we first developed the technology. I think the same is, is true here. We know that there are some obvious ways this technology will be used. The ability to have a sense of presence and to collaborate with someone who's clear across the world is like having a superpower. And so we're, give, we're providing that ability now and it's gonna be really interesting to see what people do with it. One of the things that we're most excited about as we opened up Mesh to our, our preview customers is to have developers start playing with this stuff and to see what ideas they come up with. We saw the same dynamic when um, we introduced uh, Microsoft Connect for Windows. And Connect is a, if some people may remember, it's the Xbox controller, a depth camera that would, uh, can, can see your, your physical body moving and, and, and recognize your face and, and play games. Now Connect is actually still alive and part of, of, of Microsoft HoloLens. And, and what that does is that depth camera is telling you to, present yourself to map entire surroundings um, and then present that remotely. And so we can, we've been working on this for quite a while. Um, and now that we're able to deliver it as a cloud service and in a way that any application developer build mesh into any application, whether it's a smartphone or, or PC or Mac, um, uh, and applications can now participate in this world and gain that power um, of, of presence, even if you're not physically there. Really exciting times ahead, it sounds like, Greg. So for more information, is there a place people can go? 
Uh, yes, if you go to uh, Microsoft.com slash mesh, there is uh, is more information about uh, about Microsoft Mesh and what it means for for others and uh, and regular folks like us. Greg Sullivan, thank you so much for taking the time with us. My pleasure, Fred. Good talking with you again. Cooking with the power of the sun. Hi, I'm Fred Fishkin here to tell you about the latest innovation from my friend Patrick Sherwin and his great team at GoSun Stove. The GoSun Fusion has arrived using the company's tried and true reflectors and a solar vacuum tube to get you cooking without the mess of charcoal, heavy propane tanks, or smoke. A really bright idea. And with an optional solar panel and battery storage and the ability to plug in at home or on the road, you really can use the GoSun Fusion to cook anytime and anywhere, day or night, rain or shine. I love what Patrick and his team are doing, and so will you. Want to learn more? Head to gosun.co to check out all of the company's products and innovations, and use the code TEXTINATION to save 10%. That's gosun.co.